Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. You want some news? Yes. All right. This is the latest. And by latest, that means it happened three weeks ago. But the <laughs> latest ish 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 ish. Sure. So the BBC mm-hmm. produced a list. Okay. And the list was of the quote unquote 100 greatest children's books of all time. Picture books? Not necessarily. Okay. But mostly. Well, they're British. Uh-huh. It's a very white list. Oh. Very, very, very white. I'm sure the Gruffalo is somewhere on there. It, oh, whoa, whoa, please. Madam. Madam. I, that's all indeed, I know. Indeed. Sure. Indeed, the Gruffalo was most certainly on there. Many fine books were on there. They, you know, the, I, I actually, you know, they're, they're going from one to a hundred. So I was like, all right. So what's number one? Okay, to my shock and amazement, they chose Where the Wild Things Are. Oh. Which actually did shock me because that's what the American lists always say. But I assumed, well, I assumed they'd go with what was number two, which was... Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Classic British children's book, ubiquitous in every aspect of life. Um, Number three was Swedish. It was was Pippi Longstocking. I was like, ooh, aren't we? uh, I think this was their their hat tip to being uh, diverse. They were like, look, America and Sweden. (laughs) We have all the countries. It's like, okie dokie dokie dokie. Um, yeah, the first instance of anyone who was not white was at way, way, way down at number 16, uh, with Sean Tan's The Arrival, which I would love to do with you, but technically not really a picture book. Uh, and speaking of picture books, uh, what, what, the, what is this, uh, what is this podcast here, Kate? This is Fuse 8 and Kate. That's right. And, uh, I sort of alluded to it, but, uh, what, what do we do on this podcast? We review children's picture books and whether they're good or not. And now I'm going to go out all the way backwards and we say, who are you? Me, Kate. Me, Betsy. Excellent. Wow. We covered all our bases there. So funny story. Uh-huh. I brought a book over here, uh, for us to do. It was number 30 on their list. It was the three robbers. And, and then you told me we we did it already. Yeah, a yeah, while ago. Right. So <laughs> technically, if I was to do the one after that on the list that we hadn't done, um, we'd be all the way up to 53. It would be So Much by Trish Cook and Helen Oxenbury from 1994, which would totally fall within our guidelines. Uh, but I didn't bring that book. I brought a listener suggestion. Great. Yes. Yes, it is great, Kate. Yeah. And it is nowhere... Nowhere on the BBC list, so... Okay. There you go. That's okay. Are you ready for our non-totally 100% American... Sure. ...book that is nowhere on the BBC's list? Yes, America, let's America, go. America, let's go. Here it comes. Uh-huh. It doesn't take place in America. a boo 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 Paul Galdon. Paul Galdon. Why, we've done a Paul Galdon. Remember the Taily Poe? I brought it out around Halloween. About the guy, and he ate a tail, and then the Taily Poe came asking for its tail back. 
No. It's made such a deep impression on you. <laughs> Look, it, you give me one book many years ago. I'm not, and I read it once. I'm not going to I just can't imagine so. why you weren't scared to death by the table. <laughs> but yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, so now we have Anatole, which you can see it's very, very... French? Yeah. Yep. It's actually not American. I mean, it uh, is red, white, and blue. I mean, it's, it's red, white, and blue. Uh, and it's written, I'm pretty sure, by Americans. But yeah, it's a French book. Yeah. All right. Okay. Go, go, go read that French book. Okay. Okay. While Kate does her read, let's talk a little bit about Anatole and its creator, Eve Titus. Now, it is weird the degree to which the world has forgotten Anatole. Because honestly, he had all the markings of a permanent classic on him. The 10 books, and yes, he was in 10 books, uh, 10 picture books, they were originally published from 1956 to 1979. Uh, two books in the series, Anatole in 1957 and Anatole and the Cat in 1958, they were Caldecott honor books. It is very weird that while Madeline has gone on to great acclaim and fame, Anatole has sort of disappeared over the years. I mean, the stories were used for an animated television series. The series mostly ran in Canada, uh, and France. Um, there was also a, a 26 episode series that aired on uh, CBS in 1998 and was rerun on the Disney Channel from 2001 until 2004. Show of hands, who saw who saw, who saw, saw that series? Any of you? Any of you see that? No, neither did I. Now, Eve Titus is interesting. She's really only remembered for two things. She's remembered for the Anatole books, sure, but she's also remembered for the great mouse detective, AKA Basil of Baker Street which would later be turned into a movie by Disney. Now that is actually, I would argue, probably her more famous rodent, uh, but that's not the rodent we're talking about today. We're talking Anatole. Hey, you're back. Bonjour. Bonjour. Ça va? Ça va bien, et tout? Hey, comme si, comme ça. Comme si, comme ça. Oui. Oui, oui, oui. This is very French. Oui, le bibliothèque. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you, you open the book and there is the flag of France. Indeed. Did but you notice that I actually gave you my library's copy, which is an actual 1956 edition of you this sure book? You sure did. Yeah, this is an original. My library don't throw out anything. 1956. 1956. First edition, as far as I can tell. I knew that this was an old book just looking at the title page because I remember you were saying, like, back in the day, they could only afford, like, one or two colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in this book, they can only afford blue and red. Pretty much. The colors green? of the flag. Is there a little green in nope. there? Oh, just, that's all, just a, that's just, just a it's the colors blue. Of, it's the colors right. of the flag. Well, we meet uh, Anatole, who is a mouse in France. And it's like the beginning scene of Moulin Rouge with... Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Ewan McGregor. Ewan like, McGregor. Looking out the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the chimneys in the background. Yeah. This is him. But maybe, in maybe it was mouse, based on this book. Yeah. Mouse, no. No. There's no, no, no love. I mean, he's already got a wife and six kids. Okay, so, so love happened... A while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So he lives in a small village near Paris. And I was like, oh, this really wouldn't be too dated if it weren't for like the very dated baby carriage that's just strolling the down pram. the street. The ancient pram. Yes. But there are also mm. spats that you see later. So I love, I don't know, man. I own a pair of spats. I love me some spats. So yeah. The, the, Everyone the, should be wearing spats. A bit dated. 
Yeah. 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 So we meet uh, we meet his wife Doucette, and there's six charming children and her improperly held knitting needles. Yes. Boo, Paul Galdone, boo. Oh, I have a... I, I'm booing him for a different reason, but we'll, oh, okay. but we'll get to it. Well, this is my personal boo. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we see there are six kids, Paul and Paulette, Claude <laughs> and Claudette, Aww. and Georges and... Do you want to guess? Is it... Is it Mimi? No, it's oh. Georgette. Okay. But I was I was pretty proud of myself for just pulling Mimi out of the ether like that. So. But the uh, the Instagram handle, isn't it Newspapers and Kid Lit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they will like this one because there is a newspaper that he is reading. Uh, it is The Morning Mouse. It's in French. Oh. oh wait, so it's called Le Serie Matin? Yep. All right. How about me and my high school friends? Very nice. Yep. And uh, yeah, so they're they're chilling at home. You can tell he's French because he wears a beret. He kind of it's interesting. The the artistic style is kind of Beatrix Potterish in that it's like very realistic mice, but wearing clothes. Yes. Yeah. And every evening, all the husbands and fathers. Sorry, bachelors, <laughs> well, you're not invited. Well, they find food for their families. Oh, I see. It's, it's only the men. Okay, only right. The, only the, only men the men go out and find food. Interesting. The women have to stay home with the children, yes. Yeah. 1956. Um, it is. Okay. In France, yep. nevertheless, yeah. And, uh, and Anatole goes with his partner. His name is Gaston. I'm like, come on. <laughs> no. One. Okay, go on. <laughs> this is... The beret, the names, like, I'm just waiting for one of them to, like, eat a baguette yeah, and, like... pretty much start smoking a cigarette. Yeah. And, yeah. The illustrator, this is my, uh, if I were to boo him. Oh, yeah, is your pet peeve? Yeah. He put himself in the book. How so? There is a bookshop. Oh, a little self-promotion in your own book. That it looks like it's saying, well, in French, I think it's, like, the kid's books but then if you look underneath it what does it say betsy like the the awning just says paul galdone sure does betsy do you happen to own a bookstore in france paul galdone that your name would be so prominently displayed he just named a kid's bookstore after himself that is really weird the paul galdone yeah Actually, that it is a great name for a bookstore. Except there's no the. It's just his name. Paul Galdon. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It'd be better with a the. You wouldn't be able it to see... It should be le. Le. No. Paul Galdon. You wouldn't be able to see it because it's kind of... It's it's dark and you... It's very hard to read. You really have to look for it. But when you do, you're just kind of left going, why did he put his name <sighs> on a store? Tacky. Right. It's a little tacky. Yeah. Boo. Right off Caldecott didn't put his name on awnings. One night, uh, Gaston and uh, Anatole decide to uh, creep into someone's house, which is where they steal food. They do this every night. But on this night, they he heard, Anatole heard voices coming from the next room. So he creeps under the sofa, which is where you can see the, the spats. Excellent of, spats. Of the man Indeed. here. Uh, and, he, and he listens in to these two humans complaining about how mice... Uh, you know, pull themselves up on the table and take whatever food is there. Sometimes the food hasn't even been tasted yet and they have to throw it away because, like, their paws are dirty. And, uh, and the man says, They're a disgrace to all France. <laughs> to be a mouse is to be a villain. 
And I'm like, is this the origin story of the, you know how there's now in New York a rat czar? Oh, yeah. There's yeah. definitely a rat czar. Are her yeah. parents French by chance? Oh, uh, well, that would be a rat czar. This is a mouse problem. I know. Very but different. I'm just wondering if she grew up, like, with parents who are very anti-rodent. And, Maybe. Uh, <laughs> well, if you live in New York, everybody's got a rat story, so there you go. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Anatole is shocked by this, and he's like, Gaston, we must leave at once. And uh, he's Anatole is, like, really upset by this, and Gaston's like, it's not that big of a deal, dude. And Anatole's like, no, but I never thought that they, you know, thought of us that way. I... It, and then he says, <clears throat> It is horrible to feel scorned and unwanted. Where is my self-respect, my pride, and in all caps, my honor? Oh. I'm, I'm like, dude, you are breaking into humans' homes, stealing their food you didn't buy. You lost your honor a long time ago. I'm just enjoying the Prince Zuko, my honor bit, though, myself. So, yeah. And Gaston is like, eh, c'est la vie. Yeah, c'est la vie. There's very... There, there are a lot of, like, French words here mm. and there throughout the book. Sort of sprinkled. Yeah. Sprinkled lightly throughout Which the book. Yeah. I wonder if anyone who doesn't know how to speak French is kind of left going, um... Cest la cest vie. la vie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, anyway, Anatole comes home, and his wife is like, Oh, you're so right. If only we could give the people something in return, you know, for stealing their food... Honey, why didn't you think of this? She knew. She knew. Well, she had this idea in her back pocket this no, entire time? No, no. She was totally okay with him stealing from humans. Oh, heck yeah. She was just waiting for his conscience to, like, you know, come up and she's be like, guilty. Oh, and <laughs> she, what, like, she for years knew that he didn't know, and she's been, like, trying to keep him from hearing all this time. Right. But there's only so much she can do because yeah. she's stuck at home with the kids. But no, now Anatole comes up with an idea. That's out of the bag. And he runs to his little mouse-sized typewriter and types in English beautiful little tiny pieces of paper that say extra especially good especially good good not so good no good oh I see he's got a rating system yes very nice so he's printing these out on little tiny pieces of paper <laughs> in English I don't know how much good these are really gonna do uh, yeah hopefully the people speak English and he puts them in his briefcase and the next night or I guess that I evening I love it is a briefcase yes he asks Gaston, would you feel insulted if I go off alone? And Gaston is like, I am your friend. And again, there's more French. But if you don't know how to read French, you would go, pas. Right? Yeah. What? pas. Yeah. But to put that in. Yeah. It's assuming a lot. Like maybe American school children in 1956 all knew their common phrases. The author is American. American, very much so. Yeah. So is the illustrator. I don't understand. Okay. So the mouse decides to go on his own to the Duval Cheese Factory. I'm not going to lie. My mouth did water when I get to this page. I mean, it's good looking cheese. Because there are tables and tables and tables and tables and tables of cheese, Betsy. So I should... Cheese, grommet. Cheese. Cheese, grommet. I should note uh, that the rabbit hole, which is, you know, the Exploratorium they're making right now in in Kansas City, is currently creating an Anatole exhibit. And as you can see, they are recreating perfectly... Oh, wow. ...the cheeses, uh, 3D, from the book. So there you go. Well, I just want to eat all of these cheeses. All right, then. And then they list 
all of these cheeses. So Oh, do they? Yeah, we got camembert, we got blue, we got brie. This is like the cheese shop sketch from Monty Python. Yes. It's a little runny. <laughs> so he breaks into this cheese factory and decides to go to the cheese tasting room. And there he sees mounds of cheese of all shapes and sizes and decides to do what the rabbit hole does, which is he goes up to each little cheese and he sticks a sign in it that will say either no good or specially good or extra special good. But if it's only specially good and below, he'll write in pencil what needs to be fixed. Oh, interesting. Like uh, some of these say not creamy enough. Another pinch of salt. Add more goat's milk. Uh, this one just says, no good, throw it away. <laughs> um, this one says, less black pepper. Another one says, good, but add some more orange peel. See, th- these are all after the fact, though. You can't change a cheese once a cheese has set. So I guess it's for future exactly. cheese creation. Yep. Yes, right. So he's letting the the company know this is bad. This is good. This is making me hungry for cheese. And he's putting his little dirty paws all over these yes, cheeses. Yes, he is. And he he's totally eating is. little mouse-sized bites out yeah. of all of these cheeses. Little nip, 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 nip. And it, it takes hours and hours. And once he's done, he says, voila, uh, now the factory will learn a thing or two. And I shall bring some home proudly, for I have honorably earned it. Dude, <laughs> you cannot just go into some place, think you did work, and then steal from them, and you already ate all the cheese. I think he considers this an act of uh, restaurant criticism. He thinks he's creating a job for himself. He is is creating his own job. Right. Yes. That no one asked for. Well, true. And now he's going to steal. Well, do restaurant reviewers steal? Actually, they... They do pay for their meals. It's true. They're not giving it for free. Yeah, okay. He, point taken. he also just ate all the cheese and now he's going to take more home. Yes. So not great. Not the best job. No, but he says he honorably earned it. So, wow, as so he, it's okay. As long as he feels all right. Right. right? Sure. Yeah. So the next morning, uh, Monsieur Duval himself walks in. He sees all these little notes all over the cheeses and he doesn't think to himself, Hmm, that's weird. All the cheese has little mouse prints all yes. over with little tiny bites Why taken are out. These, uh... Uh, maybe we should hire a cat. <laughs> no, no. Instead, he... Well, there he... is a sequel to this book, and it is called Anatole and the Cat. So Good. Maybe that was it. taken to heart. Yeah. So he sees the note, and he's like, oh. He takes a little bite. Anatole's right. This does need more orange peel. And uh, the business makes all these changes uh, that Anatole says... And then all of a sudden, business booms because apparently he knows what he's talking about. So every day he goes to the factory and he eats cheese that's already been made (laughs) and makes notes on the cheese. And meanwhile, Monsieur Duval, the one that owns the cheese factory, wants to reward uh, Anatole because he's giving... Valuable feedback. Well, and he's giving raises to everyone else because business is booming. And so he brings in everyone named Anatole into his office. And I'm like, is that a popular name? Uh, maybe 1956 it was. Apparently, because yeah. we've got like, you know, a dozen dudes in his office that are like, oh. Anatole-esque. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. And Anatole wants to be kept a secret. Yes. So that's what he does. Oh, and, and the 
vice where the president writes a nice note that says you're welcome here anytime i've left you good french bread chocolate eclairs nice and uh you know, you are first vice president in charge of cheese tasting. Not a thing, but sure, why not? Yeah. And it says, remember, you are... Didn't go through HR with that one. I no, that much, no, yeah. no, no. There was no HR. Yeah. Well, this is true. Yeah. yeah. So per- This is post-World War II France. I mean, come on. They're, they're barely scraping by as it is. Well, Doucette loves the letter that Anatole received. And she's like, oh, no more snooping around. You're the smartest mouse in the world. And it's a bit of a pity that our entire diet is now entirely based on cheese, but yep. oh well. And the children are so proud of their papa, and Anatole invites Gaston to be his helper, and so he does, and then they go off and they be cheese testers together the end. <laughs> well, this is just Ratatouille. Essentially. I mean, Ratatouille had a little more uh, plot, I'd say. Well, and there was a human involved helping well but there was an anonymous rat who knew more about food than anyone else and uh and had to stay anonymous in order to continue their job working with humans in a food-based system you know in france in france and i think there may have been a guest on that may have been the name of the the chef that was wasn't it the guy who was in charge of the i don't it's been a while since i've seen it but that's my general impression so uh yeah, I'm thinking. Huh. Uh, I'm thinking some, some some similarities here. Not entirely, but yeah. So this was a uh, a book that was suggested to us uh, by Stephanie, the third sister. Uh, she wrote to me on Twitter, "Hey Fuse Eight, I'm at the book fair and found this book. Have you guys ever done Anatole for the podcast? I did a search on your blog and didn't find it, but I swear I have a weird memory that you did. Well." That was a future memory. Yep. Because we're doing it now. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, ratings time. You go first. I mean, it's fine. It's... It, look, um, I I remarked in my own little, while well, Kate does her read bit, how strange it is to me that this was a series. There was 10 of these books were made. And yet, for the most part, they're fairly forgotten today. Um, whereas you look at Madeline, and I think there were only like five or six Madeline books, and Madeline just is everywhere. You know, even Eloise is better remembered than Anatole. Anatole, I feel like just, I, it was very popular. It had, it got Caldecott honors for it and its sequel. And yet I, it's forgotten forever. And I, I can't be completely sad about that. Um, it's a nice book. It's, and I'm sure if you read it as a child, you'd be very charmed by it. And of course, Paul Galdon has great art, but I'm not sure it holds up to classic status. There's nothing overtly wrong with it, except that his wife doesn't know how to hold knitting needles. <laughs> Lord knows, no old illustrator knew how to draw knitting needles, which is so strange because there were women literally doing it around him all the time. But okay, that's my soapbox. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's fine. The two color system is perfectly good. I just don't think it's got the bite to keep it memorable in this day and age. So I'm giving it a a perfectly decent four, but I just can't go higher than that. It's kind of ridiculous if I'm being honest. Obviously. Now, let me note that the end of the, the story, it says, uh, 
Anatole and his partner worked at the factory side by side. The secret stayed a secret always. Now, the okay. <clears throat> the reason he wants it to be a secret is because he knows he's not doing something good. If he knew that he was, it was I think okay. He that they don't think that what he's doing is good. It's I, not. He seems to have justified it in his, his own head. His dirty paws are getting all over <laughs> food that humans are putting in their mouths. Maybe he washed them. Oh, please. No. Now, I, I never want to eat cheese from France ever again because I'm just going to think about little mice feet all over at first. <laughs> and if this were, I was thinking, if this were set in New York, it would be about a rat. It would be about a rat, yeah. Eating pizza, yeah. hot dogs, and probably breaking into Yankee Stadium. <laughs> yes. And then thereby eating popcorn. So exactly. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just not really into it. It grosses me out. Uh, I'm I'm a three point five. The Ooh. the illustrations are all right, but I I don't like the story. It just makes me v- feel very icky. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so with our our combined score, uh, it's just not a it's classic. Not a it's classic. Just not, I'm sorry, folks. I know many yeah. would adore it, and I understand that. But uh, this might be one of those things you had to read as a kid, and then just have that affection from there built into you because I won't if, you even, come, if you come to it cold it ain't, it's fine I didn't even go into how the men and the husbands went out to gather food while the women stayed well, home sure, and, sure, sure. well yeah I gotta say I think I did read this years ago I just, I just had no memory of it it just doesn't stick in your brain nope there's nothing here except it's very French it's brain stickable except for the French bit and the fact there has some similarities to gratitude yep there you go Letters time. Ooh. So Lark uh, wrote to us. Uh, of course, she's like our, our cousin uh, uh, officially. Sure. Uh, sure. And she created a spreadsheet. Now, you have a spreadsheet yourself of, of the show, but she's created her own. And let me tell you, not only does it contain our rating system, our titles, the author, the illustrator, it also contains each show's grown-up things we like, tattoos that you have chosen. Oh, my gosh. Special notes section and date of recording. <laughs> Um, oh, and there's even a little section for what Drew is ah! in the credit sequence oh each time. Gosh. It's rather amazing. Now, she's on, when I first saw it, she'd only plugged in seven episodes so far. Uh, but I think that should get a special fandom applause. So oh my well God. done. Well done, Lark. Thank It's you. very lovely. I'll show it to you sometime. That's it's, it's very cool. Quite the thing. Uh, other than her, uh, we got a note from uh, Nick Brule, illustrator, uh, author, uh, created the Bad Kitty books. And he said... This was after our last one, the uh, the Harvey Potter's uh, balloon farm. And he said, I'm going to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. In fact, I am loath to be that guy. But I'm still going to be that guy. I'm 95% certain that Mark pronounces his last name Beaner. Now, it's spelled B-E-U-H-N-E-R. And I was saying Buner. Sure. Which is, sounds kind of like Bueller. Uh-huh. Bueller. It's Beaner. And then he says... Uh, it's practically criminal that this book didn't receive any Caldecott recognition that year. Right? And, well, especially when I saw it did win. Because once, it's very rare that you see the actual winner, and you go, What the fuck? Um, the winner that year was Smoky Night by David Diaz. We haven't done that book, but it was the L.A. Riots picture book. It is not aged well. Uh, I will just say that for huh. a variety of reasons. Uh, yes. Okay. Okay. So, thank you for the pronunciation, Nick. Sorry about that. Uh, and, and sorry to Mark. Grown-up things we like. Okay. So, because we're in June, I'm going to have every grown-up thing I like for this month to be pride-related. Nice. So, 
season seven of Queer Eye came out on Netflix. And I know in the past I've done Queer Eye as my grown-up thing, but I am telling you, watch season seven, episode two. Okay. It is the most emotional episode, but in a good way. I, I wanted to highlight this episode in particular because it tackles things that you see in the LGBT community, like internalized homophobia and stereotypes and also gay siblings. Um, it, it, it does make you cry with happiness by the end. So I highly recommend if you have Netflix, check out Queer Eye season seven and especially episode two. Excellent. It will make you cry. All right. A lot. For people who like with the crying. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Mine has nothing to do with crying. Uh, I went for the very first time to the Wisconsin Dells for Memorial Day weekend. I'd never been I knew there were a lot of water parks, and I have small children. So I was like, we're going to do this thing. We're going to do the water parks at the Wisconsin Dells. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we went to Mount Olympus because there's a new water park ride there. It is America's first rotating water wheel. It's called Medusa's Slide Wheel. It is a feat of engineering brilliance because you can't, watching it, you can't figure out how a human being could go through it and not be tossed upside down at some point. Uh, but you aren't, you aren't. You are in a, I went, I went through it with my kids. You, you're getting to a big, you know, uh, raft, circular raft, and it meticulously tosses you into different portions. It's turning the entire time. Um, and then you are being put into different sections of it uh, as you go. Um, and you're basically being rocked back and forth within it. Oh my gosh, it sounds awful. It's amazing. I feel it is so, sick to my stomach. You don't tend to feel sick until it goes all black at the end. Oh my then gosh. when the lights are gone, because it's got lights the whole time. When the lights are gone, that was the only time where I was like, that's eh, a lot of, I can't see. Because I'd like to be able to see when I'm going back and forth, because otherwise I get a little like, woo. Um, but it was, it was amazing. It was worth the entire trip. <laughs> So, folks, and then, of course, we went to the House on the Rock, but I've talked about that before. Um, so, yeah, if you guys, if you go and go to Wisconsin Dells and you, and, and you go to Mount Olympus, go on that Medusa slide wheel. It is a trip. Okay. It is awesome. I love that our first episode after Memorial Day is Viva la France. Viva like, la France! <laughs> oh, not, not this book. Not okay. American at all. Well, I'll tell you what, I will find, I know a particularly American book that I was going to do for the next one, so it'll be all American all the time. Don't you worry about that. What, what does that mean? What is it all? means it's by an American who doesn't mention France. Oh. <laughs> That's really all, That's all it? the things it really requires. Oh, okay. And until I do that book, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at fusekate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number eight, Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our Rata Drewy is Drew Atienza. Fuse8 and Kate is a creation of Kate, Atienza, and Betsy Bird.